So think about this. You are building a brand. You're, you're, you're marketing to these people, running ads or doing whatever you need to do to build a brand and tell a story that you can fall in love with. And when they do that, you can relate to them on an emotional level. They will come and buy whatever product you're selling them. In. I'm Raphael. I'm Cecil. Welcome to Family Man Building the Brand, the podcast that explores what it means to be a father, husband, and a businessman. Join us as we talk to entrepreneurs that are winning at home and in business. Join us as we talk about their journeys, family life, and tips for success. Hi, I'm Cecil. And I'm Raphael. And we are the co-hosts of Family Man Building a Brand. Welcome to our first teaching moment episode where we deep dive into specific topics with the intention to provide you guys with real life actionable steps. As you know, Ralph and I started our first business venture in 2010, which was an e-commerce clothing line called Royal Dynamite. So today we're going to be discussing the foundational framework to building a successful e-commerce um, clothing line. So what we've done is we've made this framework similar to um, a framework that we kind of build as the principles of our podcast. But we're going to talk about five ways to build your e-commerce clothing line. I'm going to list them and Ralph and I kind of just going to go into them and have a conversation about it. So the first is the setup. I mean, that's kind of where you do everything that you need to, that is required to set up your business. Then you're going to lay a foundation like a house. You got to lay the foundation to make sure you can build on a solid foundation. And then you have launch, which is now putting yourself and your brand out there. And then obviously, which with every business, you get to a growth stage and what you need to take that business to the, to the next level. And then mastery is now you're at that level where you need to just keep finding ways to, to push the needle, to just get to the next level. So these are the five um, steps in which um, we're going to talk about, with, uh, which apply specifically to building your e-commerce brand. But this can also apply to building just about any business. But for us, because this is what we've done for 14 years we kind of know this in our sleep. So we're going to really talk about this and going to get it kicked off with um, Ralph just talking about the setup, man. Yeah, definitely, Sess. I mean, when, when we started World Dynamite, the main thing that we had to really focus on in the very beginning was making sure that we got the structure correct to even operate. We started off in California, you know, so there were some different rules in comparison to the rest of the United States, but there's some basics that need to occur. And one of the, the very basics was actually getting the business name and making sure it was available and tying that name down. So first and foremost is getting your business name. Get with your local um, um, state agency. Uh, for us, we had to go on the Secretary of State for California. Uh, we put in Royal Dynamite into the search query and we were able to see that name available. So we ended up doing a DBA and getting that name into our possession. You know, there are some other things. I think there's some laws that have changed now, but we had to get that name and then from there publish the name inside of a newspaper for 30 days just to give the public any time to, you know, uh, say that, no, this company is fraudulent or whatever it was. Give the public 30 days to say, no, this company doesn't need to be a business and they could, you know, um, argue against it. But we went through that step and uh, the next step was actually forming the actual entity, that structure. Um, there's ways that you can do that. Uh, we started off as a corporation. Um, you can go on LegalZoom.com, Sess, and you can get a a um, you can get an entity structured up within 30 minutes. Um, there's also um, a CPAs. You can get with your local CPA because you are going to need that as you operate this business, and they'll be able to structure up the 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 business for you. 
and they'll they'll know what what structure works best given your situation. Um, there's different variables. There's tax situations. Are you married? Are you single? Um, do you file joint? Do you file separate? There's very di many different variables, but that CPA should be able to guide you on what type of exact structure you need in order to, you know, operate in an efficient manner. Definitely. So, I mean, one of the things you missed out well, we, we, I mean, we registered initially as an LLC and I mean, as time goes on, we elected to become an S corp and there's more to that, which we will go in depth um, also, but when you register in your business, like Ralph said, when you get your business name, you get an EIN. You can get your EIN from fr for free through the IRS. So most people will tell you, don't let anybody sucker you into paying for that information. You could literally go to the irs.com, um, gov website and get a free EIN. Or if you're a CPA or whoever's going to help you file that information, normally when they do that, they're supposed to get that information for you. But if you just want to be on the safe side, because that's kind of like your company's social security number. You want to make sure you secure um, that as well. And then obviously, um, we go into like getting, Ralph, you know a little bit more better about this because we had to get all these sales. Um, the, and this is very state specific as well. So um, your, your licensing and stuff like that. Exactly, man. So so now, Seth, we have that. We have the actual structure and you're correct. We actually did start off as an LLC and there are ramifications as to why we had to turn into a court. But again, those vary and we can go into that in later episodes and actually when we go deeper into the framework. Um, but the next step was was making sure that you have the right licenses, um, the right um, um, yeah, the right licenses and certificate certifications in order to operate in a state like California. So we had to sign up for a resale license, check with your local state or government, making sure that you don't that you do need a resale license. And if so, you want to go ahead and apply for that. Um, and that also makes sure that you're able to pay your taxes on time. So that way you don't run into issues with the IRS or in our case in California, the franchise tax board. Now, once you have your resale license, yeah, once you have your resale license and the, and the entity is structured up, the next thing is now you head to the bank. You need that business bank account. And it's just, I don't know if you want to go ahead and break down what our process was within that. It's for us, Ralph and I walked into a bank. 13 years ago into a Bank of America branch um, to physically open the bank account and stuff. Today, you don't really have to walk into banks, to be really honest. I mean, there's some that might still require that, but be, I mean, they're the big banks. There's the Chases, the Wells Fargo's, and the Bank of America's. Those are the big banks. They have um, advantages and disadvantages to them, but those banks are easily accessible because they're online and they have brick and mortar locations. But for small businesses, that I mean, and they also have these fees, which if you want to avoid these fees, I do recommend you go with an online bank like an American Express or Capital One um, online bank, which will help you avoid these monthly um, fees. Another important part, once you set up your bank account, now you have everything, you kind of have your legal structure set up for you to be able to do a business. Now, for your business to collect payments and, 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 and issue out invoices and all these different things, you need to set up your payment gateways. The first one normally is PayPal. Most people um, probably even have a PayPal before they even do all these other things. So, um, but you need a PayPal to make sure you exactly. We had a PayPal because that's how we were able before we even built a website. That's how we would be able to keep track of money we made, income because we would send invoices to people and they would pay that. So go ahead and set up your PayPal. Um, QuickBooks, you need your QuickBooks and, and most people might overlook that because they're not accountants or bookkeepers or understand that, but that makes your life really easy 
when it comes to bookkeeping and accounting at the end of the year, you're going to need to file taxes. And if you have QuickBooks set up and it's linked to your bank account, you could have all that information flowing. You can get a bookkeeper in a place like Upwork or Fiverr to help you with bookkeeping because it's very important that monthly you reconcile everything because at the end of the year, that's just what you're going to hand over to your CPA to file your taxes. And it makes life so much easier that you don't have to pay someone some big lump sum because you didn't do it for 12 months. And then you get your Stripe. So Stripe is a gateway system, which essentially allows you to collect payments. So it, it kind of operates in the same spectrum or ide ideology with like um, gateways like MasterCard and Visa and things like that. So Stripe just really allows you to link, like, let's say your e-commerce platforms to be able to accept payments. And there's a slight fee for every transaction and stuff like that. So you want to make sure you set up your PayPal, your QuickBooks, your Stripe, because this is really your money, like your, your, your foundational aspect to be able to, like they say, uh, uh, put, uh, exactly keep, keep that money in place and keep your controls in place to make sure you, you have all that stuff. And then obviously once you kind of set up everything we just kind of went through is really setting you up for your business structure to be able to function as a business. Now you have your foundation in our case. When we talk about the foundational level, we had to build the company now. We've built the, the legal structure. This is the stuff maybe no, not that many people care for, but it's very important. The foundation is you're working in your business now. Exactly. For us to work in our business, we, um, when we started this brand, Ralph and I were not designers. We're not fashion designers. We're not, I mean, we, we wanted to, we had a, 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 a kind of like a thing for technology, e-commerce, and it was booming at the time. So we had to hire designers. Our first designer we hired from, he was, his name was Madden, Mario Neri Blackjack. We hired from Italy to design like our first 10 designs. And, and that process was exciting because um, I just basically put down ideas on a piece of paper. I wrote down um, design briefs, gave, found this guy on, I think, 99 designs or something like that, was able to send it over to him. He created exactly what I envisioned in terms of... Um, uh, creating the designs that we want for other people. If you're not doing graphic designs like us and you're doing like heavy fashion, it's either you are a fashion designer yourself. You can handle these things yourself. Or if you still want to outsource, there's so many places for fashion designers. I mean, there's still Fiverr, Upwork, 99 designs, Behance. I mean, these are just places. I mean, for, for high design people, 99, 99, um, designs and Behance are probably good places for you to find very creative people. I mean, and, and for everybody else who just is like, um, hey, I just need someone to get this stuff. I mean, Upwork, Fiverr, and you could even use Instagram and you could use these hashtags and search for designers. Because I mean, they're, des they're designers who are businesses or creators in these platforms that are putting themselves out there, I mean, to be hired. So you definitely can um, get that stuff going and to be able to get it. And then from there... Now, that's all obviously us setting ourselves up to make sure we're able to put something in front of you as the customer. On the back end, there's the op side, which that's kind of like Ralph. Operations and production, we had to make a physical product. Right. So, so now, guys, I want to, I want to reiterate that uh, Cecil and I are a partnership. So notice that we actually split implementation tasks um, from two perspectives. Cecil from a creative perspective and mine from an pers operational perspective. And the reason being is because these were our strongholds. If you are going into a partnership, you need to understand what your strongholds are. And then that person controls that aspect of the business. I'm not a creative. I'm not as creative as Cecil. And 
my mind doesn't really operate that way, but I am an operator. I do know how one plus one equals two, and I do know the order of operation. So that was my lane, and that's where I focused my expertise at. Now, as Seth was saying, we are designers. I'm not a screen printer. I'm not a, you know, I'm not any of those things. So I had to actually go out and source these things. One, we're printing graphic tees. So I had to source the actual blanks that we will be printing on. And the sources that we used from the very beginning were next level. Uh, we started off with them, Cecil. Those are the only source we had for blank tees. But then we were able to, yep, for a while. And we were able to expand past them and get linked up with this platform called SNS Activewear that carried next level plus thousands of other brands. Now, what that did there for us was it allowed us to expand our product line at the moment. So we went from just graphic tees to now being able to do sweaters, hoodies, hats, um, um, beanies, things of that sort, because we were now registered with the platform. Again, they needed our resale license. They needed all these different certifications to allow us to buy from them wholesale. So that's the main reason why you have to get the structure right from the very beginning, guys, because a lot of these wholesalers will, uh, will require these certifications for them to allow you to buy from their platform. Okay. Um, there's also options if you're doing cut and sew, you're doing a little bit like Cecil said earlier, you're doing a little bit more heavy designing. You may want to um, look into the Alpha Broder and things of that sort because they do a little bit more custom um, 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 type clothing and cuts and things of that sort. As we grew, Cecil, we ended up, you know, to, to streamline operations, we decided to go with a, a platform called Printful where... The, the, they handled everything from the acquisition of the sale to the production of the actual product to the actual shipping of the product. These are, act these are actions that I normally handled on a daily basis. I had to go source a screen printer. I had to get that screen printer set up with my, um, um, with my screens. Um, I had to have them set up with the PSD color codes and things of that sort. Whereas with Printful, you set it up once and they rinse and repeat on auto for you. Okay. Um, if you're producing something from scratch and um, you can definitely check out those options, uh, there's such there's options such as Alibaba, Makers Row. Those are really, really for those cut and sew brands that are really making custom pieces uh, one of ones, really. Okay. Um, now, Seth, when it came to shipping, I know I talked about Printful, but before we had Printful, I actually had to handle shipping and handling. Okay. When the order came in, I needed to make sure that we we sent out our orders in a professional manner. So what we did was we actually got shipping, custom shipping bags made. 8x12 shipping bags that were able to fit five t-shirts or was able to fit two sweaters or was able to fit um, three snapbacks, three bucket hats, whatever it was. We needed a shipping bag that was big enough, had enough space and represented the brand with our branding website. So as that, as that bag traveled across the world to that client, how many people saw our website and came over to that website and possibly make a purchase off of it? So um, that was one of the things that we had to do. You can find a source for these bags as well, too. You can get a designer to create it on Upwork or Fiverr. And then you can just simple Google search poly bags. You can go on Uline.com and you can get these custom bags created for you and shipped to you within a week. Okay. Um. Now, there's also the shipping aspect. This is the last aspect of this operations that I had to handle shipping this out. Um, we needed a we needed a cost effective, efficient manner to get our customers these fresh threads. 
Uh, we wanted them to get them in time and we wanted them to get them. Uh, we wanted them to actually get them and not disappear in the mail or anything of the sort. So what I did was we had to create a corporate account with USPS, United States Postal Service. Um, there are other options such as UPS, FedEx, things of that sort. But in the very beginning, Cecil, we weren't just cash flowing. Um, um, so we had to make sure that we bootstrapped and we kept our costs low. So USPS was the most solid option. They have flat rate boxes. You're able to ship from home, print your labels directly from home, and you're able to actually request for them to come and pick up the packages from your home. So um, with websites now that we use, um, we do use um, Shopify. Shopify allows you the option directly within this platform to ship out via FedEx, UPS, and other platforms. But again, we really lean on USPS um, just because they are more of a guarantee. We were used to them for a very long time flat rate boxes if there are multiple packages and those guarantee for the packages to arrive. So yes, that's, that's, that's really where my operations came in at when building this e-commerce brand, you know, I had to make sure to have the sourcing of the actual blanks on point. I had to have the sourcing for the actual production on point. I had to have the source for the actual handling on point, making sure that we had the bags and clear bags and stickers and things of that sort. And last but not least, I had to make sure we had the the shipping on point to, to where we're moving efficiently, not paying as much on shipping. So we're keeping more of that profit and it allowed us to get into the next phase, which is more launch and growth, man. I'll let you take it from there. What if your clothing choices could make a difference in your community? Introducing Royal Dynamite, a t-shirt line founded in Los Angeles with deep roots in Sierra Leone. Our founders met in the U.S. with a passion for streetwear and a commitment to giving back to their community. With every t-shirt purchase, we donate a portion of our profits to support education and entrepreneurship programs in Sierra Leone and other parts of the world. Our t-shirts not only represent your personal style, but also your dedication to community and making a difference in the world. Join us in creating a world where your clothing choices are statement pieces and an extension of who you are. Shop now and make an impact. Use the discount code for 20% of your purchase, FAMBABRD20, F-A-M-B-A-B-R-D20. This will give you 20% off your first purchase. Go to royaldynamite.com, R-O-Y-A-L-D-Y-N-A-M-I-T-E, royaldynamite.com. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, like Ralph said, this is all stuff that happens on the back end to make sure you, the customer, get um, your products on time and, and, and in an efficient manner and a professional way. I mean, now, obviously, you've put these foundations in place to make sure your customers get things. Now you need to launch. You need to launch your brand so the whole world can see it. In, in today's world, multiple ways to do that. Social media, obviously a website, um, funnels, whatever you want to talk about. But for us, we when we started back then, we built a website. We started with a web, um, a platform called Big Cartel. So now if you think today, Squarespace and all these um places can, I mean, back then they weren't what they are today that could give you all these templates to easily build things. Um, then we went over to big commerce, which is similar to Shopify, but I think Shopify has just dominated over the last maybe five to seven years in terms of a platform that most people, I mean, to the point where even a brand like Supreme actually hosts its website on the Shopify platform. And that's a big deal. So we eventually, now we, we use, um, um, Shopify, same thing, Upwork. And every time we've, uh, we've done work with our website, we've always found somebody 
on Upwork. And I mean, you kind of go through talent designers, you find um, web, web um, developers and all these kind of things. You vet them, you make sure um, their portfolio is good enough and you're able to work with them. There's Some of them are certified um, Shopify experts. So they build your website. I mean, for somebody looking to start out small, maybe I would recommend Shopify. But if, if, if anything, there's Wix and like I said, there's Squarespace that have these templates for you that you could just literally plug in what you need to. You don't even need a coder to help you do these things. But as you start to grow your company, I highly recommend that you look into um, um, Shopify and, and, and they have a lot of resources um, that will help you. And then obviously... As we go, you go into social media. Social media has a lot of stuff that um, will help you grow your brand uh, to the next level. Now, I'll let Ralph get into that um, more just to kind of give you some of the ideas that you could use for you to grow your own brand and, and your business. Yeah, definitely. And, and Cecil, within that launch phase as well, too, um, I know you spoke about the website and and that was ma our main point of sale. Um, but within that phase two, guys, uh, again, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to give you guys this process in a very cost efficient manner. So uh, one algorithm, one setup that we had was actually on the website, you know, the website was really for online sales, but we were really on the ground selling these t-shirts out of our trunks, out of our apartments and oh, things yeah. of that sort. Pop so we up. had to have, yep, we had to have a POS that was more mobile. And the POS that we used then was Squarespace, correct? So that's a way to be real cost efficient as well too, Squarespace um, and having your no, PayPal. Squ square, Square. So let's not square. let them not yeah, get it mixed right. up. They use Square specifically for obviously the point of sale because Squarespace is for you to build your website. Square is it's kind of similar to like your PayPal, but a more advanced, um, a little bit more advanced than PayPal. But I mean, like Ralph said, when we go do these pop-ups, you can take payments and you see it all in so many small businesses today. When you go and buy like your bubble tea, they ask you to just tap or insert your card into this little white reader and, and that type of stuff. So, yeah. Exactly. So that just wanted to recap and say that that was a very cost efficient um, um, aspect that we included as well, too. And make sure that, again, going with all the principles of making sure of inventory being controlled and having all controls in place. That was very key. But like you said, Seth, after you, after you set up the website, you have your POS set and inventory set loaded. You're ready to go. This is when now you have to grow this thing. You've launched it, but now you need to grow it and get in front of the masses. And Seth, one thing that we embraced and one thing that I embrace to this day is social media. Okay. Um, social media w definitely wasn't as, as in-depth as it is now, but I want to go over the principles of what we did in order to grow social all the way to the point where we had one of our biggest launches where we made five figures within just a couple of days on inventory we never even sat on, okay? So one was social media. We did make sure that we posted consistently, okay? Um, posted consistently, it, it was very minimal video. It was more um, photo-based uh, via Instagram and, and via Facebook. Those are our two main platforms. Um, there was Twitter as well, too. Uh, Twitter is more so of text on our end. But as far as people being able to see the actual product and as far as them being able to be able to order Instagram and, and, and Facebook were our main um, 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 socials that we used. And we made sure to post consistently. How did we post consistently? We used Hootsuite. Nowadays, Instagram has an, in, uh, has an in, um, embedded in, um, um, scheduler. Uh, Facebook has a scheduler. 
you know, but Hootsuite, if you don't have, if you aren't able to use Facebook or Instagram scheduler and you wanted something a little bit more third party, Hootsuite was a great option there. Okay. We use the scheduler. We used hashtags. We made sure to research the hottest hashtags. Nowadays, you can use AI chat GPT to get you the hottest hashtags within your niche. Okay. Uh, we do, we used pop culture references. Um, and, and those pop culture references were niche to our brand. Okay. Um, the main platforms I would like for you guys to focus on were again, Facebook and IG. Um, those two main platforms were hot back then. They still are hot to this day, but a day like today, TikTok is one of the hottest and you definitely need to make sure to build your brand there. Okay. You also have YouTube for your video. You want to make sure you have video content out there. Uh, maybe of your, maybe of you producing your actual product, um, um, user generated content where you have actual customers sending you video of them being proud, unboxings, things of that sort. And also from a professional level, there is LinkedIn as well too. Okay. But don't be so overwhelmed with all these different platforms. Focus on three at hand. Um, I would suggest Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and then you can slowly go in to building up the rest. But from the very beginning, focus on those, post consistently, take a day. What I what I do is I take a day out of the week where I produce the content, I schedule it because as I go through the day, I'm actually running the business. I won't have time to actually do these things, okay? Um, there's ways to make your post, you know, your post way more strategic, way more engaging. Chat GPT AI will, should be your best friend in regards to creating the content. There's prompts out there letting you know to create content based on your niche brand and go from there, man. So that that's where that's where I really wanted to focus on as far as growth. Social is really it. Social flowed into the website. SEO played a role in it. And from there, the sales came in. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Ralph is right. Social media is so important, especially when you're a small brand. And you, I mean, you don't have the budget like the big brands to do the thing. So you have to do this by yourself, get help with whoever can help you do this stuff but as you start to grow um you start to whether it's more money that you're making in your brand but from from day one along with social media i think on the back end or one of the things that you need to embrace is building an email list uh, i mean it's so important because social media could be taken from you any day i mean we say this it, it hasn't happened yet but it could go down and there are times when it goes down and maybe you're launching a campaign and on that day it goes down and then what do you do? But if you have an email list, so find a way from the get-go to build an email list by finding creative ways to collect emails from your friends, your customers, and and people out there to make sure you you can control the messaging. You could be in the inbox, which they open every day, multiple times a day. Um, you can go as simple as using MailChimp.com. You can go as advanced as using Klaviyo. And all these things actually work and integrate with Shopify. So you have to make sure... You market and, and you build a brand. I mean, as and as you make more revenue, you can run ads. You can run ads. I mean, you can start off with the boosting, but if if you want to take your brand seriously, you can run ads to specific audiences. And I mean, I was listening to something about Nike where marketing is a big part of Nike's brand identity. And they don't do that to sell shoes. They do that to build a brand. So think about this. We are building, you are building a brand. You're, you're, you're marketing to these people, running ads or doing whatever you need to do to build a brand and tell a story that you can fall in love with. And when they do that, you can relate to them on an emotional level. They will come and buy whatever product you're selling them. In our case, it was t-shirts, but 
t-shirts that represented something that connected to the specific audience or customer that we were going after. Now, like Ralph mentioned, we've done some influencer marketing and collaborations with the likes of Issa Rae, Kai Kamara, um, and some of uh, um, other people we've had relationships with. And in order, when you do those, I think influencer marketing is big. Now, obviously, people pay influencers, the Kardashians or whoever you can. I mean, there's mid-level, there's small micro-influencers, there's the big ones where you pay them to post and you get a lot of exposure. That's one way. For us, what we decided to do was rather than pay someone kind of like, okay, I'm going to pay you post something for one day or 30 minutes and hopefully people come and buy. We actually sought out the influencers. We partnered with them and we shared revenue. We created the, pro- the, the content with them. And like Rao said, we did a collection where this wasn't even influencer driven. It was this actual Freetown t-shirt that I'm rocking. It was more so community driven. And we were able to get hit a five figure in about nine, 10 days sales without actually even having a product on hand. We, I mean, we made it known to the consumer that it was going to be pre-order and they were willing because we had built this campaign, we had built this story around this um, particular um, campaign and they were willing to buy and wait for their, um, their products to come. But influencer marketing is something that is very important. Product seeding, just reaching out to people. I mean, letting them know like, hey, my name is so, so, and so. I like, I mean, something about them, make them feel good about themselves and tell them, hey, you'd like to send them some product and just build your network. There's an app I will tell you about, or there's a website called Mighty Scout. Check it out. You're able to go and kind of size up your influences. You're able to get more information and analytics about these influences to see what their reach is because people might have 100,000 followers, but they don't have a huge reach. Somebody might have 10,000 followers, but has a huge reach and engagement with their audience, you want to kind of size up these people to know, is this person worth my dollars? Is this person worth me giving them product? Because product is not free. I mean, you you have to make the product, but it's part of your marketing budget that you're putting out there to make sure um, people are able to see, like you get the brand recognition, you build your audience and as you build your audience, you're able to get more customers into your funnel and um, build sales. So once you've done all that, you really establish your growth phase where now You've put all these things in place, gotten your systems. Now you're running um, all these emails. You're, you're on social media. You're active and your systems are in place. You're out there. People are coming. People, your, your brand's growing. You're getting sales. Now you kind of get to that last level of, of mastery. This is where I think you scale and, and, uh, and automate. Like um, for us, we got, we, a couple of years ago, we had to figure this stuff out. Now, because Ralph and I can't do everything as we grow. We're not, like I said, we're not graphic designers. We're not, um, we're not social media people or whatever you want to call it. So as you are starting to figure high-level things or try to do more things to grow your business, you need to outsource these things to VAs. You need, whether it's a personal assistant, a virtual assistant, someone who's going to help you organize your business, organize your life, and organize you scaling to hire salespeople, to hire, I mean, whatever it is for your business, you need to scale and automate. And I think that's one of the ways that you're going to be able to master and grow your business and put perfect systems in place um, um, for, for stuff like that. So Ralph, I know you want to chime in a little bit about the mastery um, and, and things like that. Oh yeah, definitely, Sess. And, and I, I, you know, on my end, a part of mastery, now Sess, I've, I've perfected my operations aspect. We've perfected the web so we've perfected social and things of that sort and this mastery phase now this is when you take that perfection and you exponentiate it you maintain it and exponentiate it at this point so 
with us, uh, I mean, our, our, our success came in with sales. So now that I've mastered this process now is mastering, keeping this product in front of people and mastering people buying at a, a and trying to increase sales at, at, at all times. You know, everything is already set now. Everything is moving. Now it's just all about now getting the sales up, selling your influence and selling to the audience consistently over a period of time. And then you watch the whole entire company grow. And, and as the company grows, Seth, like you said, you know, you put things in place such as VAs and that system, that that's an actual system that when you, once you get virtual assistance, you have to actually train these people. You have to have to give them access, set up emails and flows for them, all these things. Once you've set that up and, 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 and all these systems are in place, it's just all about now, again, selling your influence, selling to the audience now, having them come in, having your funnels, pull them in into headlocks. And growing the business, man. I mean, you, you need your it? standard operating procedures to just grow your business. And you, ma like Ralph said, you master your business and you could even go on to do other things, whether it's going, you have more time to build more businesses, have more time for your family, have more time for your friends, have more time to travel, whatever it is that you want to do. But I think, um, think about it this way. When you're starting your business, you need to follow these steps, your setup, your foundation, your launch, your growth, your mastery. And once you figure out these things and as you go through the steps, obviously you're going to build a solid business. You're going to build a cash flowing business. And at the end of the day, I always say businesses are built to, to, to make revenue and a profit. So in order to better the lives of the people you want to affect and yourself and your family. So with that said, hopefully you were able to find this useful. This applies to us for e-commerce. We gave you information that relates to e-commerce, but the foundation of this relate can relate to any other business. So thank you guys very, very much for listening to this. Hopefully you get more content like this um, from us over the next few episodes as we have te more teaching moments that are going to deep dive into specific topics and give you kind of like a, I mean, like a, as the name goes, it is a teaching moment. We hope that you learn something and we're able to learn something as we build um, community. So thank you guys very much for listening and we appreciate you. So go ahead and hit that subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. And um, let other people know how you feel about Family Man Building a Brand, the podcast. Thank you guys very much. Let's go. That's it for today's episode of Family Man Building the Brand. We hope we left you with a ton of value from this episode. If you like what you heard, feel free to leave us a rating and a review. This helps our show gain traction with other listeners just like you. You can join our community by subscribing and following Family Man Building the Brand on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, we're family and together we build.